0: Hey. Hi. I'm Alex.
1: And I'm Val. It's
0: and we're here to close out season four. Yeah. Of The Sopranos.
1: Of The Sopranos. We watch The Sopranos. We do. And then we come here.
0: And we talk about it.
1: We talk about it. We really try to go into some of the deeper issues.
0: Beneath the surface, interpretations. <laughs> I like how uh,
1: what a hard time I'm having trying to describe what we do. Um, we just like to talk about some of these little things that the directors and the writers and everyone was putting in here that go kind of deeper than some of the plot points. Yeah. So that's what we do here. That's if you what we like do. it, yeah. Let us know. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, let us know too. But mostly, if you like it, let us know. Yeah. You can. I- Write us an email.
0: Yeah, we appreciate it. We've been getting so many emails recently. We can't even believe it. We can't even keep up. It's great. Making so many friends.
1: Well, we just like that there's other people out here that yeah. like the same thing we do. So we like, it's comforting.
0: Yeah, we like to meet other people who also like this aspect of the show. So
1: Yeah. Um, and if you do have time to write us a review, that also helps us a lot it makes us feel really good about ourselves
0: yeah and the itunes store it makes us feel better and helps people find it and (laughs) also makes us feel better about ourselves
1: (laughs) yeah it's mostly about our self-esteem mostly
0: about our self-esteem which is very lacking
1: yeah Yeah. um but yeah so we're gonna talk about the season finale of season four whitecaps Mm -hmm. and there's a lot to talk about
0: there is a lot to talk about it's a pretty major episode a lot of people reference this as a pretty pivotal point in the series I hear it in a lot of top five episodes lists for a lot of people. So it's one I was really looking forward to talking about and getting to.
1: It was one I was very nervous about talking about and getting to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in what way? In many ways?
1: In many ways. It's a tough one for me to watch. Mm-hmm. It um, is. I mean, I'm sure for a lot of people, but like yeah, as a kid whose parents got divorced... Mm-hmm. Um, there's some t- there's some really tough moments for me, um, but then there's also there's just a lot there's a lot that ties into moments from you know from throughout the series that we've already had. There's a lot of connection between moments in this episode and moments throughout over the rest and of the series. subtle. Yeah, but then there's also things that tie it forward. Like it's really just there's just a lot. Yeah, so it makes me feel overwhelmed. And I to think try on to do a it literal justice. level
0: even though a lot of the time we spend, we talk about things that are metaphorical and symbolic. I think just the writing and the, the way that they're able to create a divorce situation is just so believable. And I think that they understand so many of the intricacies of what happens around that rupture. That just, I mean, I don't know. I didn't grow up around divorce, but it, it just seems very honest and true to me. I feel like yeah. they got a lot of the subtleties. It it really, although apparently
1: refu- there's some critique of it that mm. it like comes out of nowhere.
0: Right, I, I mean more in terms of the way characters respond to it, and it's a testament to how powerful the characters are because they're well, so believable and human.
1: And it's also a testament to how powerful these actors are.
0: Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh,
1: this is like some of the, I mean, some of the best examples of James Gandolfini's acting, Avidi Falco's acting.
0: For me, Edie Falco is just blowing me away. Edie Falco episode. is
1: crazy in this yeah. episode. She's amazing. Yeah, it's
0: a, it's really incredible. I have a couple
1: shots in particular that I want to talk about with her, mm. but um, yeah, no, I no, no, I'm on the same I'm on the same page as you. I just think like they do, you know, in so few scenes, like there's so much that we miss in this episode. There's a mm. couple like really strange, I always say they're strange, but there's a couple of scene cuts that make us jump weirdly in time i always notice those Mm -hmm. ones like we have a like for example the scene where um where tony gets woken up by the lawyer alan Mm
0: -hmm. for sleeping
1: in the house and then the next scene tony's at their door asking them for their his money back right it's all like a different day but there are a few things like that the one that i Mm. am thinking about right now is that we like never see when they tell the kids that they're getting separated or divorced Right. Right. So to tie back into that, like we have this whole sense of kind of this process that's been gone through. We don't see them go to lawyers, Mm -hmm. but, you know, they they do go to lawyers. We don't see them tell the kids. We know that that happens. But we can really fill in the blanks around it just based on the writing and the acting it's
0: yeah and it's interesting what scenes they do choose to focus on mm-hmm. i mean that could have been such a trope such a predictable sequence of events to see tony take Alan's advice and go to all the lawyers and how many times have we seen that in a million different tv shows but they just let our brains fill it in and it's actually really amazing it's completely unnecessary it accomplishes the same thing and we know what's happening behind the scenes there
1: yeah so i don't know how we want to tackle this one really
0: yeah for me I kind of wanted to start one thing of interest was just the very first shot to me and I think that it sets up what kind of an episode it is yeah because we see Carmela we see her looking sick and we see Tony out of focus and then we hear Tony exasperated kind of breathing Carmela saying I didn't ask you to come here but that lack of focus on Tony is actually so kind of exceptional for this show because typically the focus is on him Mm. and i feel like this is really carmela's episode Mm. and this episode is about her and she's actually kind of in the driver's seat for what's happening right now Mm -hmm. and we've been kind of tricked into thinking that a lot of the drama at the end of season four would revolve around the new york new jersey mob wars but it's not and in fact they're constantly teasing us with what's going to happen but at the end of the day, this episode really revolves around Carmela and she's the one in focus. And I loved actually how they reflected that in the camera work right away in the very first scene.
1: Well, I just love, I don't know, there's something, um, there's some kind of mirroring going on here. For both Tony and Carmela, their emotions and their lack of kind of being able to deal with their emotions makes them physically ill. And so it kind of reminds me of when Tony was seeing Doctor kuzumano about his panic attacks, even right? Yeah. Like, there's something like the way in which these characters deal with their emotions is not functional,
0: right?
1: For neither of them, right? Right? And I talked a little bit in our last in our last episode, I think, about mm-hmm. kind of for me how the Furio thing is pretty weird, mm-hmm. like or pretty. You know, like understandable. I could get there, but it's not indicative of like understandable. I mean, mean, uh, totally understandable. When Furio has seen his ponytail. (laughs) When Furio wears that red silk shirt. Um, No, I, I, whatever. Teach their own. I can. I guess (laughs) Karm is into that, but I, I mentioned the fact that like it's not a, a very like adult or normal, um, level of feelings to have for someone who you just have a morning conversation with every morning. Right. Um, and that kind of continues there, right? Like Carmela is still like physically ill, right? Mm -hmm. She's still like rolling around in her bed and she's, you know, being brought to the doctor and they don't know what's wrong with her. Right. It's just her emotional state that's making her sick. But so for me that really like does mirror Tony and it shows me how both of these characters really struggle with being able to express themselves and their emotions. Yeah. We get to see, and of course and yes and like and I think you're right, this episode is focused on Carmela and kind of her decision making in this. Um, But there's some moments here where we get glimpses kind of into their past and things like that, too, that kind of give us a little more insight into, Mm -hmm. like, Tony and Carmela as a couple. Yeah. And kind of how they got to where they got to, you know. Yeah. Um, It's
0: interesting the form, too, where we're starting off to believe that they're moving somewhere healthy and they're actually getting over this
1: yeah, this kind of depressive
0: episode for Carmela and that... White caps will work in terms of cheering her out, much in the same way that the jewelry that Tony has bought Carmela in the past has. It's this it's larger gift. It's just like gift. another
1: emerald ring.
0: It's just like another emerald ring, but we get the impression that it is a positive thing and we see their dynamic playing out and Carmella wakes up in the middle of the night and kind of subtly reinforces the decision making so that they will actually get the place and it seems like everything is progressing in a way that we could have imagined, but it it just it doesn't, and all yeah. hell breaks loose, and it ends up somewhere so different than we would have thought.
1: Yeah, she does say that more is lost by indecision than by wrong decision, right? which is an interesting—I don't know if I agree with that.
0: Well, it's interesting because Tony references it later, and it's interesting because in the last episode, little Carmine, when he's talking to his dad, is put off when Carmine— appreciates Tony Soprano's decisiveness. And then Carmine actually feels jealous of that, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, That interesting. his decisiveness was something that was just commented on in this show.
1: Yeah. No, it is. It is interesting. And, like, you can kind of... You can see where Tony's coming from, right? That's how he... in their, In Tony and Carmela's relationship, that is how Tony knows how to solve problems, right? It is by buying her something or buying jewelry. And he does make those decisions right he interprets it we see in their fight later on like he interprets it as like that's what she always wants right they've they've just established these patterns in their relationship um but i love that we we get that little glimpse into them like he talks about when we were piss poor these were the biggest caviar dreams we could come up with yeah right um They've just like they've just gotten into these patterns where like neither of mm. them are the person that they thought they were with, right? Or neither of them are with the person that they thought they were with, rather. And neither of them have been able to adequately communicate what they what they want, right? And so it results in this kind of like like there's there's a lot of mentions in this episode of like being terminally ill. Um, and illness, kind of yeah. like that kind of language, and so that kind for me, that's what it is. It's this like sickness. It's yeah. this like cancer, hmm. kind of thing.
0: Interesting, yeah. Sickness and cancer. We have the buyer actually of the house being this doctor which i thought was interesting in terms of like he's a lawyer no no no. he's a lawyer who owns it but the buyer who they kick out oh right dr kim Kim.
1: dr kim yeah
0: and then tony makes the comment well i wouldn't want to be the guy that he's going in for surgery on i thought that was interesting um just in terms of them kind of passing on this destruction through their behavior the fact that tony offering this cash deal, and Alan going along with this and and passing it on to Dr. Kim Mm -hmm. at this last minute is actually not only destructive to Dr. Kim directly, but somebody else who is an innocent bystander, really, Mm -hmm. that there's this collateral damage, which I think is such a theme of this show, that the actions of these characters, even if they seem in good fun or whatever, or they're beneficial to the people that we see, there's often collateral damage that's impacting other people.
1: Yeah, well, and interestingly, like, I thought that line where Tony says, um, you guys will inherit this, Mm -hmm. or you guys will inherit this one day. Yeah. That also reminded me kind of of, like, biology, right? Like, of course, we can think of inheritance inheritance Mm. in terms of money, but we also inherit our biology and, you know, and our you know, ways of going about the world and our psychology, you know, is inherited by the way we're raised and stuff like that, too. So I did think that was interesting, right? And because we do focus also a lot on AJ and Meadow in this episode. And so to kind of see that collateral damage, but also that impact that they could have going forward, right? Meadow even mentions, like, um, if Finn and I have kids, I don't know if I want to, but I imagined it to be this way, right? Right. And so you can already see how this cancer, illness, mm-hmm. whatever it is, has these implications on a younger generation. They inherit that stuff, right. too. The other medical thing that's kind of interesting, right, is, like, the talk around drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Like Christopher getting out of rehab and, you know, Tony talking about Advil versus heroin, mm-hmm. um, yep. how people use drugs to cope with these issues that they're dealing with, too, right? Um
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. There's something, something in there for me, but I can't quite put my finger on it.
0: Yeah. Again, more uses of cigarettes and cigars for yeah. exhibiting control so many or lack cigarettes. of control. Lots of cigarettes. A lot of people out of control in yeah. this episode.
1: But Chris also drinking like Coke and eating candy. Yeah. And, like so, we have all these kind of like Adriana
0: drinking wine and Chris gets mad at her.
1: So mad. Tony <laughs> eating salsa.
0: Guiltless salsa. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know if that one's related, but I'm yes. a
0: fan of his of his old. Well, really, all of his culinary choices—his uh, ham and mayonnaise, yes. or meat, meat mayo—but yeah. now, yeah, just is he just eating salsa? Just
1: a just a jar of salsa. Well,
0: actually, and that's an interesting scene because that's where he hands AJ money, and actually, they're framing the shot where you just see guilt. He's just eating from this thing that says, yeah. even though it's called guiltless gourmet. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting.
1: Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So there's definitely, you know, the this relationship stuff between I don't know. Yeah, like illness and addiction and what we inherit from people and what's kind of like, you know, predestined in our biology versus what's environmental, Hmm. right? What can you kind of like? What do you have agency to change? And Mm -hmm. what's kind of there?
0: And in the in. Yeah, and then coming to grips with that in terms of within a relationship. Mm -hmm. Even outside of biology, maybe, these are two people who've kind of made their beds in terms of the people that they've become and how much agency do they have to change it now or did they have – they probably did have the ability to cope with these things better than they actually did, but they're at this point where it's just at this major rupture point.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think. Some of the scenes that we have between Carmela and Tony just Mm -hmm. to kind of – go into that while we're here yeah um the the scene where tony for like she's first throwing tony's stuff out of the house and right. he he storms up and there's two times in this episode where he's like about to storm into something mm-hmm. and then we see him kind of catch himself and breathe mm-hmm. and not interesting like go at it really angrily yeah. like at that point he's outside her door and he's like Carm, what did i do yeah was it what I said about your dad's psoriasis Psoriasis, or whatever? Um, But then we have, I mean, E. Falco being just so incredibly amazing. Like, she's, like, she's pretty deranged and she goes back and forth between these different emotions, Mm -hmm. right? Like, going from, like, screaming at him and just being like, get out, to being like, what does she have that I don't have? Um, We get this, like amazing profile view of her face and her eyeball yeah um anyways
0: yeah we have um while Carmela is confronting Tony, sweat kind of trickling down Tony's brow so also this aspect of guilt there as well like for me it shows kind of yeah his knowledge of what he's actually done and as it kind of comes out about Irina and then Irina's cousin, that sweat, we always see kind of that one piece of sweat Indeed, kind of yeah. falling down his brow, showing kind of his understanding and him sweating over the fact that Carmela is actually tuning into what the reality is. The way that they fight with each other I find so interesting, too. And it goes back to something that I think we first brought up in college between Tony and Meadow. Where Tony kind of diverts attention from an argument and actually goes on the attack, the offensive against Meadow to kind of shut down an argument. And both of them are doing that so much. Tony saying, at least I never stole. Yeah. To kind of get out of this whole thing. And then attacking Carmela with that information. Carmela then saying, you sound demented. They're both liars, right? And they're both deflectors. Yeah. In that moment. When
1: Carmela says, you sound demented. Yeah. It's so, it's so good. Mm Mm-hmm. She's right in his face. Sorry. I just, <laughs> there's so many moments of Edie Falco in this one that are it's just so. It's absolutely incredible.
0: and Some of the best yeah. acting I've ever seen. Whew.
1: <sighs> um, yeah, we also have, like, we also have scenes with, like, Meadow being upset with Carmela mm-hmm. too, right? Like, she's like, how could you eat shit from him for all these years, kind of thing. And we mm-hmm. see her complexity, just like we see Carmela, kind of, like, vacillating between these, you know, being sad, being angry, being, you know, like aggressive, right? We see yeah. Meadow doing the same thing, right? Like yeah. blaming herself, feeling bad for Carmela, yeah. saying, How could you, you know, eat shit from him for so many years. There's a
0: funny connection actually with her saying how could you eat shit from him for so many years in comparing that to when carmel is talking to Irina and calling her a piece of shit and then irena owns up saying i am a piece of shit and then they have this weird conversation about life being a butthole that poops out shit yeah <laughs> for lack of a better term to talk about it but yeah just that whole connection there actually yeah, of what Carmella has overlooked for all this time, and mm-hmm. who Irina is, and how she sees herself, and how Svetlana sees herself in her relationship with Tony, and how mm-hmm. that's different mm-hmm. too. How Carmella... the one the fact that Svetlana is the straw that broke the camel's back is interesting because it's actually a very different relationship than the other relationships Tony's had. Yeah, in fact, it isn't even really a relationship.
1: Yeah, it was kind
0: of a fling, and she's uninterested in Tony.
1: Yeah, and then it's interesting, like, but Tony uses it as this, like, again, like, also for him, like, as this straw that broke the camel's back to be like, I just I wanted to talk to someone who was interesting. Yeah. And then Carm has that great line saying, what about all the other pigs you had your dick in? Right. You hypocrite.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great line. <laughs> that was a great
1: line. Um... Yeah, I'm trying to I'm just trying to like go through my I was mm-hmm. very frantically writing my notes. Yeah, I don't so like I, I I still I can't quite figure out like what it is for Karm that this was the thing that did her in, and I think it is like we've seen her this season go through this like really big change mm-hmm. and this like this really this transformation, right? Like we kind of had it starting last season where Meadow leaves home and, you know, she's kind of starting to come to terms with some of these things. But then it continued this season with the Furio thing and with mm-hmm. getting her real estate license. Um, but I I don't, I, yeah, I can't quite figure out what it is. She also, she talks about like the fingernail, the, the, yeah. the fake fingernail yeah. that she puts. And I don't like, that's not, svetlana's right no it's, it's valentina's yeah and so she's kind of like melding these yeah. characters she together all into one you know it's irena who calls and gives this information right yeah. so she's tied into it too she's always calling yeah and causing drama
0: that's right Irina. Irina.
1: i don't think i ever like tracked that in past mm.
0: Yeah, she messes up a lot of things for the Viewings. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: she's always, like, calling the house or calling the boat. And, it's true. And causing drama. There's a lot with phones. I want to talk about there phones later. There is a lot later. with phones. But, yeah, I so it, it is interesting to me, like, wh- why this is the thing that puts karma over the edge.
0: Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, she's fragile. Yeah. I think that as she's in this state that we've been seeing her in, coming out of Furio leaving, she's very susceptible to something like this just being too much and we see kind of like manic behavior as Mm -hmm. well like her really investing herself in white caps and Mm -hmm. then really falling apart even further than we thought Mm -hmm. was gonna happen once she gets this phone call from my yeah
1: but there's some i mean there's some stuff with their i feel like i'm all over the place but there's some stuff with their relationship too right like i like the line where she says to tony when they're in the pool house theater Mm -hmm. place um i know you better than even than your friends that's probably why you hate me so Mm -hmm. much um and tony talks about how he's going to hell and he knows it like Mm -hmm. we kind of do see this
0: does he say that he knows it he says he calls her out for saying that in the pilot episode you're going to hell as he's going into the mri machine Mm -hmm. And then he says, that was a nice thing. Like, he uses that as an attack.
1: Mm-hmm. Does he
0: say that he knows that he's going to hell there? I didn't get that.
1: No, but he says, I'm going to hell. That's what you said. Right, right. When,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. He uses
0: it strictly yeah. aggressively.
1: Yeah. But he's, it's just the way he said. he's like, I'm going to hell. That's what you said when I was going in for my MRI. You know, like, it was kind of. For
0: me, it's like it's yeah. like another deflection. Yeah. It's like another way of weaponizing something that the other person did to take attention away from what yeah. you've done wrong.
1: Yeah. No, it's... I, I don't know. But it is interesting, right? Like, who does know Tony the best, right? And mm-hmm. who does... And therefore, like, who does know... Probably another? us. Probably us. I don't mean literally yeah. us,
0: but I mean yeah. us as viewers. We know yeah, Tony. Yeah, we know Tony. <laughs> um, I think that we have the most privileged information. Like, we get to see him interacting with everybody yeah and so it's up to us as audience as an audience to decide who he is
1: but that line like that's probably why you hate me so much is really interesting too because it kind of plays with us like we don't well i don't hate tony right right like it's really hard to hate him as a protagonist i can yeah. hate the things he he does obviously you know but... but tony
0: also disagrees with that that's my reading of yeah the way that yeah he i know it's that. but it's just
1: really i just thought it was really interesting mm-hmm and then we have the moments after that where Carmela says, like, you think for me it's all about things. And, you know, we don't, you know, I I like I'm inclined to believe that she feels like she means that, you know. But again, we don't have the information that leads us to believe that for her it's not all about things. Right. That that's not her primary driver. Because right. we see her, you know, like we see even like there's a moment – in, in the scene where she's talking to Meadow, there's this big focus on her rings, mm-hmm. you know, these, like, large rings. And she's wearing, then, later on, this, like, you know, very fancy crucifix necklace yeah. with diamonds and stuff like that in it. So we are very aware of Carmella's things yeah. in the episode. And that's when she then springs the Furio thing on Tony, which is an interesting move.
0: Mm-hmm. It is. That's a really interesting scene, too, the way... I really like John Patterson who direct, mm-hmm. directed this episode amongst most of the season finales. There's some really interesting camera work that happens at a few different places in this episode. One of which happens right there when Carm breaks this down and, and says that she had feelings for Furio and kind of weaponizes that against Tony. There's this kind of still shot on Carmela where she's it's very stable. And mm-hmm. then for Tony, we're actually like moving in on him and... As the information comes out and is and it's been weaponized, and she is saying this against Tony, we kind of see the shot moving into Tony. And when we think about where we've used those close-ups and and zoom-ins on characters' faces throughout the course of the show, typically it stresses importance or realization. Mm-hmm. So I think it is like a pivotal moment for Tony, like the weaponized attack does work. Mm-hmm. He actually is off-put. He is hurt by it. Well,
1: ju- just like when Meadow says, is this about Furio? And we have the zoom in mm-hmm. on Carmela's face Just earlier. like when yep.
0: Junior to Bobby is saying, go look for that envelope after he breaks him up with Janice and yeah. they're looking really happy. So I think there's something to that, actually. They use that shot of the slow,
1: yeah. slow
0: pan in on a character after somebody exhibits some cruelty. Yeah,
1: interesting. Interesting. Sorry, I'm looking at my notes.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a lot to talk about. I know.
1: It's really hard. I'm, I'm not organized with my notes There's today. a lot
0: of greenery. I feel like they're they're using a lot of their old symbolism. There's a lot of greenery yes. behind windows. We see a lot of that. We see a lot yeah. of trees. We see we a lot of water. And I think that we... We have bridges. We have bridges even. Yeah, they're, they're really drawing things back to these symbols of the eternal and death and the afterlife. There's uh, even shots like.
1: There's the phones. I'm thinking
0: there's a lot of phones. Yeah. yeah. In fact, like some examples, we'll like the, we'll yeah, we'll
1: talk about the phones after. Tony,
0: well, the yeah, phone but phone. even even some okay, so I'll, yeah. I'll leave phones for later. But yeah. even some things with, for instance, with the greenery when Tony calls Melfi, there's greenery behind the window. Mm-hmm. With, with I'm I'm just grabbing one. There's that great minute.
1: Rashomon shot. When there's a Tony's Rashomon in shot the where they go
0: straight onto the sun, which mm-hmm. was revolutionized. By Kurosawa in, in his movie Rashomon, so that they're kind of using that. And then there's the Tony in the recliner, that's surrounded like by water, surrounded rain. by trees. Yeah, There's the wind through the trees. Some of these scenes, actually, with the trees are happening right after death scenes. Like, that's right after Chris's bridge meeting. Which, again, yeah. bridges. bridges. I mean, it's just like you can just kind of like follow these and you're like, holy crap. They're using these things all over the place around these scenes of death and the afterlife. There's some interesting ones, too. Even like when Carmella and Tony are in their happy state looking at whitecaps and they're walking along the beach and it's kind of romantic. We get a shot of water right before we see their feet yeah, walk like washing up. Well, it's interesting because it's supposed to be this happy, romantic, kind of peaceful coming together moment yeah. and yet when we see water run through the sand the imagery of water has already been so strongly established in season two especially in funhouse mm-hmm. where the last thing we actually see is just the yeah. ocean that when we see water it's hard to actually get those feelings that are supposed to be evoked and are normally evoked on a
1: yeah.
0: beach walk yeah so even though it seems like things are going really well if you actually read the symbolism and think about what it's meant at other times it actually is kind of nefarious and has some dark foreshadowing to yep. it. So yeah. So I thought that was really interesting.
1: Yeah. No. And I mean, even just like you know, the name of the host being Whitecaps and the name of the episode being Whitecaps, right? Yeah. Like Whitecaps are rocky, rocky seas. Is that a thing? I don't know. Rough seas. Um. <laughs> well,
0: they're like the the turbulent part of a wave, I guess. Yeah. There... Yeah. I mean, I'm no sea expert i'm no rough sea pilot (laughs)
1: captain um alex wrote a screenplay when he don't want to talk about it it was called rough sea pilot Um. (laughs) it's true
0: i did it's not very good don't don't read it don't find it not that you could what was your water there's one copy i don't i don't even know if i got this um i got a good grade though in the writer's craft
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like kind of indicating this turbulence, I guess, right? But it's, um, I don't know, because water, you know, has symbolized kind of, you know, death and the eternal. It's kind of this, um, I don't know, for me, it kind of indicates this eternal kind of turbulence, if that's going to make any sense, right? Like that even when things seem like they're going to be smooth, there's always white caps somewhere on the water, right? There's never a smooth sea. Mm-hmm. Um, not even like when Tony's lying in his own pool, right? He's like jostling all around in his pool, which yeah. doesn't make that much sense. Um, but there's just, yeah, it's just like this inescapable thing, right? And, and when one wave washes up, there's always another one that follows it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just never, it's kind of this never ending kind of cycle thing.
0: Yeah, I feel too like This concept of a beach house and finding a place down by New Jersey and seeking out this kind of American dream is something that's really important in this episode. The first time we see Alan, he's painting in front of a U.S. flag wearing, like, this, like, Brooks Brothers, like, oh, his... Yeah, He's just like sweaters over his shoulders, like
1: a like a Kennedy compound kind of look. Yeah, yeah.
0: But you know, I think it's kind of like this pipe dream of of what everybody wants and is seeking, and we see him, and it can seem idealized, and it can seem perfect, and and exactly kind of what they might envision for like affluence and comfort. And mm-hmm. family and having all these things. And yet we find out as the episode progresses, he's just a dick too. And there's all these parallels between Alan and Tony throughout the episode that I think are really interesting. I mean, they interact in a similar way. Mm-hmm. They kind of get along well. They kind of... Carmella
1: and his wife look really similar. Well, that shot
0: actually is really interesting. There's a shot of a woman sitting kind of in the study.
1: You after... think it's like Carmela in a lawyer's office or something. That's how I... Yeah, like, that's exactly yeah. what
0: I thought it was too. And it turns out that it's actually Alan's wife. And then he comes up and then we have Tony come through the door. But there's this reflection of Tony in Alan. Even though he is a legit business person or legit lawyer, mm. there is behavior that both of them exhibit that make them similar kinds of people. Um, it's interesting in that scene, actually, like I was watching Alan's face. And as Tony says, basically, I want out. You see Alan respond even before Tony says that he Wants out of the sale because Alan knows it and he understands it mm. because there is this kind of simpatico between them. He knows as soon as he comes what's going on mm. because they are such similar people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's a kind of intuitive understanding.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: Yeah. What mm. about phones? You were talking about phones. phones. Well,
1: actually, I had one other. I don't want to talk about yeah. phones yet. Um, there was one other thing that I wanted to get your opinion on and there was a lot of emphasis on like Feet. Uh-huh. Like, there were two times where we see Tony trying to sleep, and his feet are uncovered. Interesting. Like, kind of like having cold feet, but... Okay, I missed that. Once when he's sleeping in the beach house, and once when he's right. sleeping on his air mattress, yeah. I guess. So his feet are uncovered. We have Svetlana stomping out her cigarette. With, with her crutches. Foot, with, with, well, yeah, I guess with her crutch. Yeah. But then we have Adriana stomping out her cigarette with her foot, like yeah. in, a, in a scene later, and actually
0: focus very intensely on her legs just before that, yeah, which is something that and we've talked shoes. a lot about around Gloria Trillo yeah. and other characters too.
1: So, and and if, and in that scene where Tony and Carmela are on the beach, like it is their feet that we see, and there's this water kind of like brushing up against their feet, mm-hmm. right? So I just, I I was trying to kind of find that That's symbolism of like. You know, I was thinking, like, being grounded, mm. um, being, like, based in the now and, like, the present.
0: Well, I think it depends um, on what the people are doing in any of those scenes. Like, for yeah. me, with, it kind of it varies from character to character as they're behaving in different ways. So mm-hmm. for Adriana, when we see her legs and there's a focus on them, I think – and then we see her with her high heels – kind of crushing the cigarette. Mm -hmm. For me, as we have cigarettes as a kind of often used as a symbol of being out of control, I feel like she's more in control and more comfortable with this relationship with the FBI at that point Mm -hmm. and is regaining maybe some of her kind of, I don't know, femininity and being in control of who she is and having kind of a strong exterior that's being projected. Yeah. And as she is crushing the cigarette, it's a lot more in control than where we've seen her smoking in the past or compulsively watching TV or having IBS. Like, it's very different. We're ending off season four where this is actually not that out of the norm anymore. Yeah. And we have to question what that's going to mean in season five if she's now becoming comfortable working with the FBI. Yeah,
1: But even like, I don't know, that scene with Agent Severino is really weird because she's off put by something that Adriana says like it's about um, like kind of around the time where she asks like is the wedding still on then right. and I think like as you know AIDS feeling more in control but also like the agent is starting to see her as more and more like a person too right, right? like and kind of has some empathy for her right. whereas beforehand she was just kind of like a tool right and I think like she's seeing her more as a Human and a person. Yeah. So I don't. I don't. Know, I don't know. But there was definitely a lot on feet. So I just. Yeah. To... No,
0: that's interesting. Yeah. And well, if any of you have any feet theories, let us know. Yeah. We love theories.
1: <laughs> feet <laughs> theories. Especially feet. There's theories. also just to, as an aside, I like the comment about how Vito was calling Aid every day to see how she if she needed anything. Right. For any of you who. Yeah. Know where We've... we go with Vito.
0: Yeah. Wow, what a skis he's just after all these ladies. yeah, he's always
1: <laughs> he's always getting for the ladies that veto.
0: He sure is.
1: But yeah, phones I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we have we have this common theme, like I mentioned a little bit ago. We have this common thing of Irina making a phone call mm-hmm. late in seasons and kind of shaking things up, right? We have her do that in. Well, and um, Gloria,
0: no, maybe not making a phone call, but showing up with Carmela, too. Like, there's, like, these bars kind of yeah. showing up and infiltrating the family Well, yeah, the like, family in the fir-
1: like, I forget the first instance of it, but it's when she calls the house and the housekeeper picks up the phone, yeah. the, the Russian-speaking the, housekeeper.
0: Right, the Polish one. Oh, right, mm-hmm. that's
1: right. And, you know, so it kind of, like, is infiltrating into the family space, mm-hmm. right? Then we have her in a knight in white satin armor calling the boat and Gloria picking up and that's when kinda of things start to go bad and she throws Toby. Now I don't gift. know if
0: that would have been white na- I know the episode you're talking about. I don't know if that exact exchange between Gloria and her happened at I night in white was. satin I was, armor. a was I was
1: looking bit my notes. Oh okay. Yeah. I
0: thought that was that was bit anyway, of okay. a was bit was it's little bit of a little bit of a little
1: bit of a little bit and Gloria picks up. Mm-hmm. And then we have this one now. I think those are the only three. Maybe there's another time where she okay. falls. Okay, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say about Arena. <laughs> but there's a ton But of it fun. is,
0: yeah, it is a catalyst for action and for events happening.
1: Yeah. No, She's often doing that. Um, we have a ton of, like, we hear Tony has his ringer on during this episode, right? Like, his phone ringer's on, which we don't really hear mm-hmm. that often.
0: yeah. It It says fucking phones. We were better off years ago.
1: Yeah. There's ringing phones (laughs) all over the place. There's black phones. There's white phones.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a large amount of black and white phones.
1: There's a um, a lot of them are cell phones. Um, Yeah. A lot of them are flip phones. Interestingly,
0: (laughs) when Tony gives his speech at the end about leaving the house, the shot perfectly shows the white phone just behind him the whole time. Which is interesting because the phone is kind of the catalyst for all of this to happen. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of see it in the shot and it's part of what's happening right now because yeah. that's kind of what brought it in. Like these these phone calls from Irina did kind of put things over the edge.
1: Yeah, but there's something too with like communication, right? Like we yeah. have all this like, again, really weird communication between New York and New Jersey about killing people right. that <laughs> is very vague all the time. And only really when they get together in person does mm-hmm. it ever seem to kind of get resolved? Like right. they can never, they never can seem to figure things out over the phone. They're always like meeting at a Office Max or wh- wherever they had their <laughs> their meeting earlier, or like in a chess park, right. um, in order to get things resolved there. Um,
0: also, since we've been watching mafia documentaries now, how accurate is this that Tony would go and whack a? boss of well, a new he, york he Five didn't. family he chose not to. i know he doesn't but shouldn't that be passed by the commission of the five families
1: maybe <laughs> um tony <laughs> tony calls melfi right we're like oh ah, yep. melfi she appears we didn't but think then there's no communication there's no communication um she even tries to star 69 him which i don't think still exists
0: that's true i i don't know i don't do that very often yeah. well
1: i used to like you used yeah. to if someone would call your house and you right. missed it but i don't think that exists anymore Right. But, well, now
0: you can just see who calls you. Well, that's the thing, yeah. right? Like, we don't
1: have that anymore. But, yeah, but there's no, like, it's impossible to establish communication yeah. between the two of them. Right. Where else did I put phones in here?
0: AJ, he uh, seems to always be studying. A- yeah. AJ's... He's always talking, but he says he was on the phone about an algebra problem. Yeah. Right, you know, at the end of the episode. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> With Devin, which is almost certainly not true.
1: Him and Devin, they're really hot and heavy. Yeah. Like, they've been together a long time now. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm proud of them. Yeah, me too. Um,
0: <laughs> but it's interesting, like, in terms of the genetics and what you inherit, it's interesting how AJ's often diverting things to talk about how he's studying, where clearly he's not. But he's always using that as his line, oh, I was studying. Or, like, yeah. when we were out late because I was studying. Or in, right here in this, late in this episode, he's saying yeah. he was on the phone about an algebra problem. Yeah. <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah, no, it's better, it's always better to, like, go to an office, Max, to have a conversation.
0: Right. That's where I have most of my conversations when I want to take out a New York Five family boss. Yeah.
1: I thought it was also interesting that there's that little scene at Johnny Sacks' Jersey house, right? Again, when when I'm watching the show now, too, I'm always like, why are these guys, why is Johnny Sacks so involved in everyone's (laughs) business?
0: I feel like he'd be very busy running being the underboss <laughs> of a New York mom family, yeah but, but he that's has a me. lot
1: of time and <laughs> just to like go to office Max and like smoke a lot of cigarettes but there's also this construction that's happening in his backyard, right even though so construction is stopped right on all the sites but he still has this construction going on in right. his Jersey house. Um, Ginny's going to Nordstroms because there's a sale
0: right like
1: and he he talks about like belt tightening, right Like right. it's time for some belt tightening. He makes a lot of like fat jokes yeah. but without knowing that he's <laughs> making them in this episode. But you know so we have him he's he kind of he's a strange character. He really does straddle these two worlds and I don't know what he wants for himself like I, I don't have a good sense of like right who johnny sack is Mm -hmm. and what his motivations are but he's nuts yeah he's really he's just crazy but yeah but the communication thing is really i don't know again like and also between tony and carmella like we very rarely see tony and carmella talk to each other on the phone right you know but yet they can't seem to kind of get their communication straight either although we see them i mean we definitely see them communicate in this episode
0: yeah probably more than we ever have yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, The belt tightening is interesting, too, when we think about the imagery of the belt and the focus on belts in the earlier episode right. where Tony beats up Zellman, which we find out through Svetlana in this episode is actually the reason why this is all happening. That actually drove Zellman to leave Irina and then right. that drives Irina to call. Right. So it's, an, and it's interesting to think about that, too, how the actions throughout season four that seemed perhaps as non sequiturs. Mm hmm. And perhaps seemed like not the most action packed. We're slowly building towards this epic conclusion mm-hmm. without us even really realizing it. And so the form of the fourth season is is really amazing, actually. Yeah. Because it has this kind of sucker punch, or this kind of, like we really can't expect that they're going to be divorced at the end of the season.
1: Yeah. Well, and hopefully we'll we'll do a little season four recap.
0: Hopefully, S- we will. We, okay, we definitely. <laughs> well, I guess you never know what's going to happen. We
1: Anything could happen. Will. <laughs> Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. The other thing that we have happen in this episode, we haven't really, like, well, we haven't seen Christopher and Adriana in a while, right? Because yeah. Chris has been in rehab. Yeah. And he gets out and he has one line that I thought was really interesting. And he says, he found out he had strengths that he didn't even know that he had. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting in this episode because we do see Chris kind of fall into this almost like underboss type role right, right. like he's like when Johnny Sack is with Carmine mm-hmm. Chris is with Tony right you know and he's the one who is in charge of kind of like really putting out this hit yeah on Carmine and stuff like that like he's like the one trusted person mm-hmm. um and he seemed like he kind of seems okay he seems yeah. a little like dead inside or something right but <laughs> – and and we know, like, he's questioning his ability to be a father. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Again, like, going back to that inheritance thing. But I thought that line was interesting. Like, I found out I had strengths I didn't even know I had. And mm-hmm. I want I, – I wish we could kind of, like, know more about Chris's time in there. Maybe in we'll rehab, learn more and... in season
0: five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, I love
0: – Uh, One of my favorite parts of the whole episode is when he hands over the money for the whacking of Carmine. Yeah. And then right after there's an edit and we see AJ opening the door and he opens the kitchen door. Right. The kitchen door. The fridge door. And we open and we see this like right in the middle of the frame, right in the middle of the fridge, this Tropicana that we're always seeing orange juice in the show affiliated with death. But it's not. It's grapefruit. Yeah. Where we often do see orange juice and that often is associated with death. Yeah. So there is this... Actually kind of a a clue that there isn't going to be the death that we expect. Right. Especially coming out of an edit from that scene where they're handing money for the whacking of Carmine. Yeah. I love that. It's amazing.
1: Well, there's also a lot, like, there's a lot with the fridge in this episode, too. Like, just generally, like, Tony keeps trying to open the fridge. There's that little flashback that we have near the end of the episode. Right. where God, isn't we there have anything
0: m- to eat? Yeah. We have Meadow,
1: <laughs> Meadow talking to, like, Meadow with the family and then Meadow in her room. And then this flashback to her, yeah. like, slam. I think she even slams the fridge closed and says, Isn't there anything to eat in this house? And storms off. Mm-hmm. And then we see her back in her room. Um, yeah. It, there, so there's something, like, there's something about food and family food. And like violence, I yeah. guess too. Um, like every time the fridge is opened, it seems to be kind of in this like violent way. Or, you know, maybe it's just grapefruit juice and not orange juice, I and mean, <laughs> it's all fine. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, we see Tony wearing a really goofy hat, just like Alan's. What at Sapinski. the end? Yeah. His Felix hat. Yeah. Well, it's Felix. I mean, Did you say Felix?
0: F I L S. Feels. How do you say that, Felix? I think
1: it's Fela.
0: Fila. Fila. Isn't yeah. Ness at the end? No. Oh, Fila. Okay, like he's got a it's like a sports hat. brand. Yeah.
1: But Alan Saplinski, or whatever his name is, had a Sundance Film Festival. He did. Black
0: <laughs> hat. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of work to relate those two characters. But I think also there's a lot at the end of the episode. We see Tony in all black, and he is leaving as a character where we've talked a lot about mm. blacks and whites as this kind of basic one dimensional character and Carmela I think throughout the episode we see her trying on a lot of different colors a lot of blues at that last scene she's wearing blue I think she's experimenting with trying to get outside of this black and white unidimensional mob Mm -hmm. world and we'll see where that goes but I think Tony is very much still in it and I think that that all black really reinforces that we see characters soldiers like Furio wearing all black often at times when they're
1: behaving behaving
0: violently and engaging in actions that are most affiliated with the mob
1: yeah. Well and I think like it really shows like it's kind of like when Tony says like his marriage is not going well to Alan Slavinski Slip- yeah. and he's like, Oh, go and talk to all the lawyers so that, you know, she can't get any of them. Um, Tony does a well, great guy. T- yeah, he's <laughs> he's an amazing friend. Um, Tony does see this divorce as kind of black and white, right? Mm-hmm. Like his his arguments during you know, during their fights, are you know very much on the attack, right? Like yeah. he's never sorry for really, no anything he's done. So I but mean, for Carmela, so it cheap. is yeah, it is this like like we see Edie Falco acting it. It's this like very multi-dimensional yeah. issue um, yeah. and very like very complex, and there's not black and white. Yeah. You know, we see her being torn about her decision, too, and how it's impacting the kids and blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how this is the episode where there's a mistrial for Junior. So that actually is resolved at the end of the season. Yeah. It gets so little screen time, but I think it's, it's just done beautifully because... We get the impression that nobody does care about this, really. and Nobody's there other than Janice and Bobby. Yeah. So the fact that it's given so little screen time and we just kind of get the results, I think, is fitting. Tony's not even there. None of the others it even care. It just seems like such an afterthought. Yeah. To everything else that's going on.
1: They order some pizzas.
0: You would think that that would be the most relevant thing happening to the New Jersey family, but it's not. Nobody is really all that invested in this. I mean, technically, their boss is just got off yeah and his trial just worked out but
1: yeah
0: nobody really
1: nobody acknowledges it yeah
0: yeah i like how well there's the only other things i was thinking of is that policy um that Carmela references saying that we're going to make this policy work finding people for swearing and aj right. says it's too late <laughs> yeah it's too which it late. really is
1: yeah and in some ways like you know getting white caps like is that too late for yes. this family Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah
0: yes <laughs> the answer is yes it mm. is <laughs> okay well yeah <laughs> and the other thing i liked is just at the very end talking about collateral damage towards dr kim there ends up being the same kind of damage towards alan and his wife and it actually as tony and Carmela's relationship breaks up there's a toll on Alan and his wife's relationship. And that's kind of passed off to the two of them, which I thought was really interesting.
1: Do you think he gives Tony his money back? Yes. Yeah, I think so too. I don't
0: think he has a chance to outplay Tony on something I like I kind that.
1: of like Dean Martin.
0: Dean Martin's great. Yeah. Everything that happened at the Sands is amazing. Yeah. And if any of you are listening to this podcast and you haven't avidly listened to Sinatra live at the Sands, go listen to it. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, we're jumping a little bit, but that's just one of the great recordings of all time, so.
1: I like how we just took it there. But yeah, like.
0: Oh God, I just I just did a little music thing. Sorry, can't yeah. help myself sometimes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah you know i think it's a good technique i like when you see the guys taking the speakers out of tony's room and you don't know why you think that they're
0: moving or something yeah Yeah, but it's that's interesting because you think that he's moving that he's being an adult he's finding a space but it's this like childish violent attack on somebody's state of mind i also love how it's this appropriation of isle of paris changing it into las vegas it's this kind of mob affiliation that's now being thrown at them and taking kind of, like, the ideal pristine image of Paris mm-hmm. that Cole Porter talks about mm-hmm. and then just turning it into Vegas and then throwing it at them. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good it's a good choice of yeah. song. I liked it.
1: Well, then we – the song we – that kind of, like, goes into the outro. But then we do have that beautiful song, that I Have Dreamed song from A yeah. King and I that plays out over yeah. the end. And – that's like one of the most beautiful songs and it's very romantic mm-hmm. I don't really know how it fits often read a Sopranos Autopsy often, it is a theory. I don't know <laughs> often I find the Sopranos team to really like hit you over the head with their right. musical choices at the end of the episode it'll mm-hmm. be like like way too literal for yeah. me in, mm-hmm. sometimes often but this one I don't know this one kind of threw me for a loop yeah I liked it So I liked it a lot Yeah. Um, Kind of like, I like that it ties into dreams. Yeah. And, you know, yeah.
0: Excited for season five.
1: I'm very excited for season five and also very nervous for season five. (laughs) There's a lot that goes down in season five.
0: I'm excited for Steve Buscemi.
1: We get to meet Steve Buscemi.
0: Also, we just watched Tree's Lounge, which attracted... David Chase to Steve Buscemi, and because, also
1: had so many characters. Yeah, who it's also really, in really
0: approach. amazing. So Steve Buscemi, I guess, wrote and directed and acted yep. in this movie. Um, but
1: like Michael Imperioli's in it.
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot of people Carmella's from Sopranos are showing in up in in it, and it's an amazing. It's an amazing movie. It's just so well done. It's yeah. so well crafted. And you can see why James. Steve Buscemi would have been brought in as a director and ultimately as an actor in the next season and why he and how how he could have impressed somebody like David Chase, who is so impressive himself. Mm-hmm. But there's there's elements of that movie that, that really remind me of this show.
1: It's mm-hmm. great. Well, there is a lot like with some of the symbols. Yeah. Definitely like trees and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Happen too.
0: So Maybe one day we'll get our movie podcast going and we'll do a true Lounge <laughs> one. But until then, thank you for listening.
1: Yeah, happy end of season four.
0: Happy end of season four. A
1: very happy end of season four. A very happy,
0: de- merry yeah. end of season four.
1: <laughs> we will be back with a season four kind of overview, overview thing. We'll still figure recap. out what we want to call those. <laughs> um, because this season did have really a, a different art. form yeah. than some of the other ones and then I don't know we might just jump right into season five we'll, we'll let you know we sure will we'll let you know alright see you then okay Thanks remember for to listening. email us if you want to talk to us about stuff
0: yeah we like talking
1: about stuff okay bye bye